I, I, I feel like I do have a big fear of failure. Fear will push you past obstacles much more efficient than mm-hmm. I feel any other type of emotion. It will fucking scare you into doing things. And I think that if that's funneled correctly, it's highly advantageous to use that emotion to your advantage. So here, here's a couple questions here. Uh, hi, Dan. I have a few questions. Um, oh, sorry. I read the first one. Uh, a few questions uh, for other videos. Uh, number one, were there any previous bu- uh, business failures before Canadian protein? If so, what lessons were learned? Mm. <sighs> there were not, actually. Uh, kind of. Before Canadian protein? Kind of. What? The store. It was, it was a success. But I mean, in terms of, yeah, okay. I see like, I was making like a good buck. Uh, yes, but what I mean, though, is that there was something that existed before Canadian Protein. No. So I, I, so I, I started the website well, first. Well, you don't own, bef- the so- own the store still. No, no, no. This is what happened. So I, own the, I, I started a website first, truesupplements.com. It was not doing well in the beginning. Mm. I started a store as like a, holy shit, the fucking website sucks. And it's not doing well. Mm-hmm. Right? And then I named the store the same as the website. But it just took a, I was I was a little bit impatient, mm. but I also didn't have a fucking job or anything. So I had to do something, right? And yeah. I had a little bit of notoriety around town, right? And and I started a store, and I was basically selling products in the store as well as online. It it simply took a little bit more time for the store uh, for the website to pick up, mm. and then the store was doing like 15K a month, mm. like 10 to 15K a month. I was like the only one working. It was like, it was doing well. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was actually doing well. And then I then I, I simply realized that like for me to get some serious scale, mm-hmm. I'd have to... The store just wasn't scalable. The store isn't like a brick and mortar. Like I'm, I wasn't looking at like a franchise scenario or like right. opening multiple right. stores or whatever. So I had to sell the store. So I sold the store for literally only what I had into it. Mm. Um in terms of like stock, the construction of like just little bullshit. I think I sold the store for like $17,000 and it was doing like 10 to, I I was making at that point probably five to six grand a month. That was a sweet deal, man. That was a sweet deal. But that was also on the cusp of me realizing that like brick and mortar stores where it was not the future. Yeah. Right. So I I had to kill it and focus on, on scale and, uh, e-commerce was, uh, what brought scale. Mm-hmm. I think that's still like a good lesson. It's not necessarily a failure, but it's still, um, it's a realization, right? It just, right? It, it, it failed in comparison to the yeah. juggernaut or the huge opportunity that you had yeah. here. But I didn't, it's like, yeah, but I didn't, it didn't I, fail. It just yeah, like in comparison like, to the opportunity. Now, now of here, here's the thing online. too. Yeah, exactly. It didn't fail. Um, it still taught you things. It yeah. still made you realize that e-commerce was the future because that is. Yeah. Now, now here's the thing. This is where it could have failed. I was also working like literally fucking 16 to 20 hours a day mm-hmm. working at that fucking place because I was really the only guy there um, and I was making product for the store when I wasn't working at the store. Mm-hmm. So if I would have hired someone to make the product, like private label the product, as well as work in the store, there's the five to six grand profit rate there. Yeah. So... It was the way that I operated it and whether or whether or not or if it was sustainable or not is a different story. But in terms of a sustainable, I guess, 
business operation, it, it probably wasn't sustainable, mm. to be quite honest, like long-term, right? Like how the fuck long are you going to do that for? Yeah. Working every single day, 16, 20 hours a day, making your own shit for the store, putting in the hours there. Like it just, it wasn't, it wasn't a sustainable business model, yeah. right? But uh, in, in overall, I, I don't, I didn't have necessarily like a failure in business, mm-hmm. uh, you know, early on. I had a lot of, you know, concepts that I wanted to engage in that I'd bring up to buddies. Or this mm-hmm. and they'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, like just dumb shit like that. But other than that, I didn't like actually fail mm-hmm. at any businesses. But I also forced myself to make it work. Like I fucking borderline killed myself mm. in the beginning so that I wouldn't fail, right? I think that that's actually key. I, mm-hmm. think, uh, I think a lot of people will fail, because they they are incapable of putting in the necessary effort to make it a success. Mm-hmm. What about in terms of some of the businesses that since you started Canadian Protein, maybe some of the ones that haven't taken off to the, maybe the level that you thought it would have or ones that you closed the doors on that maybe have taught you something? Um. I haven't had, well, the cannabis. Yeah. For sure. That's a big one that we didn't even get started. It was, it was, uh, what do you think that experience taught you? I'm not partnering anybody anymore. <laughs> like straight up. Uh, yeah. The, the only time I'm partnering with anybody is when I have full, full control. What's, you know, 100%. And I actually qualify the partner mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, the amount of capital necessary to be invested and, uh, you know, certain things like that. But, um, what about some of the other ideas that maybe just not ha- haven't like taken off to the level that they could? Um, for example, the first first attempt at meal prep, we were we're doing this kind of a second yes, time, and I think we're yeah. doing it a better way this yeah, time. Yeah. But what do you think the first attempt at meal prep taught you? Um, again, partnering with people that you ha- you don't necessarily have the control of Mm -hmm. uh the meal prep was was going great but unfortunately the person that was you know manufacturing the meals was not as savvy as us Mm -hmm. good chef um wasn't able to allow us to capitalize on the actual uh potential of like a meal prep business Mm -hmm. right so um us like me owning a golf course now and in the golf course having a large scalable kitchen me having my own employees at the golf course that are chefs and cooks and all that line cooks whatever us being able to run meal prep out of that facility which is ours and we control the entire Mm -hmm. the entire process that's where it's going to be a success and a big one. Um, so really, like, you know, not investing poorly. Uh, this was actually, a, this was a big one. Obviously, you know about it. But, in, you know, investing in um, someone that, how can I, how can I explain this? Because I don't feel, I actually don't feel like it was my, there's, is, there's still things you would have done differently, though. There, there's big things that I would have done differently. Yeah. Um, so I invested into a business 
that it wasn't it wasn't really me even investing into a business. It was me providing private money uh, to get a business started. Right, because you didn't have any ownership. I didn't have any ownership. Yeah. Um, and in the beginning it was great. the The owner was, you know, providing really high returns for me and was paying. Mm-hmm. And then about halfway through, it kind of stopped, and I had a lot of money owing, and I got pretty much shisted. So we're in, we're going after him now. Um, one of the issues that I can tell people is make sure your lawyer is on point because I actually don't feel the person that wrote the agreements for me in this scenario did enough legal due diligence to ensure my capital was protected. I'll never make that mistake again. I want to see proof mm-hmm. of, uh, and I was told that my capital was protected. And, you know, unfortunately for me, I took my, I took the, the, my legal counsel's word for it. Right. And, uh, now this isn't somebody that's, that's involved in coach capital. So if you go on coach capital and you see Davis, isn't him or Mike, um, this is a different lawyer. Uh, I won't, I won't make that mistake again. I'll maybe even have another lawyer take a look at it mm-hmm. to be quite honest, or maybe even use a, a different lawyers firm, uh, a different firm that actually engages in or specifies, not specifies, but, uh, specializes, specializes. in these type of, you know, investments or mm-hmm. scenarios or whatever the case. Um, it, it what and, and the reason why I feel I went down this road or it ended up here is because I'm used to doing private deals with, with real estate and that's easy mm-hmm. to read. I can drive by the property. I could take a look. I can see the appraisals. I can call the appraiser. Like I could do all that kind of shit. Right. Um, I could, I could pull the mortgages. I could see what's owing, what's not owing. Like I could, I could see all of that stuff. Right. I could see the you know credit scores on these people. Whereas, you know, we were pulling, we were pulling things on, you know, equipment and stuff like that, where it wasn't exactly clear cut. Mm-hmm. So we didn't look deep into it enough to make sure that there was enough recourse should this deal go south. Yeah. And lo and behold, it did. I'm out of significant amount of money. Uh, we're going to do what we can to recoup what we can. And um, I've got the sharks after him now. So yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> but that was a big... That was a big, uh, that was something that didn't go over well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say probably apparel on Canadian protein. Mm. Really good apparel, really nice apparel. We just, you know, we're not, we're not focused. So I think the biggest, the biggest issue with us is we have all these ideas and I, ha- and I have all these ideas and I want to do all this different shit, but <clears throat> You always bring this up. What's going to return the most amount of money? All these ideas are great, mm-hmm. but sometimes I I have this need to do something new all the time. I'm always trying to do something new, 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 and I lose focus on what's in front of my face, and that tends to hit the back burner a bit. Mm-hmm. Right for our new ideas that aren't even returning anything because it's only an idea, and then I pull you guys out of 
what's really making a lot of money mm-hmm. for these new ideas that aren't making any. And that's something that over the last little while, I feel I've been scaling back a bit, mm-hmm. right? I'm only bringing in things that either number one are ideas for the things that are existing or number two ideas that can easily be leveraged by the things that are already existing. Yeah. Like the meal prep. Yeah. It's the exact same demographic, um, exact same, you know, idea of offering. Yeah. Where there's, there's a very low amount of barriers and requirements for human capital to be able to just go to market with whatever the idea is. Right. Like if, if it's something that we're already doing, um, or that we just shift a couple things around, build a website and set up a ship station account or whatever yeah. it is, then we, we know we can do it like this. Yeah. Whereas other things that maybe require like where it would essentially require an entire team full time yeah. just to build that up. That's where it's like, okay, it's a fantastic idea. But when you're comparing like, let's say 10 great ideas across the board, it's like, okay, which is the best of the great ideas? Yeah. Right. Cause it's not like any of the ideas are ever bad. Yeah. Right. Like the, <clears throat> the apparel line, like was a great clothing. There's yeah. a lot of viability there. It just yeah. didn't have the attention that it required in order to actually. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll flight. do it and, and we'll do another apparel line, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the future, near future. But we, I want to really, in order for us to do an apparel line, everything else has to be in place for us to like heavily leverage uh, yeah. what we are, what we currently have in order to make other, uh, you know, business options or new ventures mm-hmm. truly do truly succeed. So before I even bring anything new to the table anymore, th- that's what I'm going to be focusing on is leveraging what we have at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, some, it's also helpful having, sorry, just one last thing. It's also helpful having like the, like myself and the rest of the team here being able to provide that continued focus yeah. on our cash cows on the businesses that are like performing well that are scaling that are already already rolling that are continued attention because it almost then frees up you to be able to do what arguably you're best at and what you love doing which is this like creating new ideas like creating new businesses starting them from the ground up right um something that i think has probably taken away most of our time is like you know are trying to you know put together things for like say like my brand Mm-hmm. Right, like that's been the hardest business, arguably, of them all. It really has, yeah. And and the reason why is because I'm always trying to figure out like how can I convert people? How can I? I do... had the fucking epiphany. What you know? You know why you're having such a hard time with creating your brand is because all of your other businesses, you're a you're the prime consumer of that product Canadian yeah. protein you consume protein powders meal prep you want to buy meal prep yeah. the clothing you know what type of clothing you want to yeah. have you're not the target consumer for your own brand and because you're not the target consumer you can't understand what the consumers are looking for and that's why there's a disconnect yes for sure i thought we've gone through this <laughs> i thought like i i, I I've, I've never told you like i would never buy a course from someone and i i think like, I, I but i bought in books and i bought in certain things but like the main problem that i have with a lot of these books and courses and all that stuff it's full of shit it's so full of shit. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's so much filler. Like I was trying, I was telling Dave, I bought this book the other day. I have an Audible account. I bought this fucking book. It's like, it's like fucking sixteen hours long. Mm-hmm. I haven't even gotten to anything in it like substantial or like of substance. I'm on fucking chapter three. Mm-hmm. There's only like fucking twenty chapters. 
Like, get the fuck on with it. Yeah. That's why I feel if I ever put something out, I want it point form. I want it, you to be able to, like, listen to it in, like, a fucking hour and extract as much information on that topic that I have learned in one fucking hour. I think the problem that people have is if they're paying for something and it's only, like, one hour, they don't mm-hmm. feel they're getting their money's worth. I think that's the fucking problem. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is is you're actually not getting your money's worth because it's wasting your fucking time. Mm-hmm. And time is worth so much money. So I think people need to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. So so anyways, yeah, you're, you're, you're 100% right. I am not the right consumer for that. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is I've already gone through all of this shit, right? So I wouldn't buy it, right? But if I put myself in someone else's shoes that has never bought a property before in their life, I may very well do it. I think what I think what people need to I think what people need to take away from listening to me, us, whatever, is we are extremely real. I am very real. I own what I own and I've done what I've done myself mm-hmm. with you know, I've never had a mentor. I, I've ne- like this was one hundred percent fucking ground zero, okay? And obviously I've always had, you know, not necessarily maybe in the beginning, but throughout the growth and scale of everything we're doing, the right people, some mm-hmm. of sometimes the wrong people, but now especially the right people now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people out there are full of shit. And I think all they care about is selling books and courses and their programs rather than telling people how the fuck it really is. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is a, a main disconnect. And maybe that's why I'm not, I'm, I'm having a hard time resonating with a target demographic because I think a lot of people are, are easily sold on bullshit. Yeah. I also think that's why a lot of the like older books yeah. before the fucking <clears throat> internet are actually much more higher value yeah. because those books were created because experts in their field, this yeah. is the only way for them to actually mass yeah. sh- share yeah. their ideas, what they've learned, yeah. like essentially like to leave a legacy or yeah. whatever. Right. Like think about like uh, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people yeah. like fucking fantastic. Still book. my greatest book ever. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's in terms of the value it provides. It's so, it's so valuable, but that book was written. God knows fucking how it's long like ago. Hundred fucking like hundred years ago, years ago. more, and it's it's still applicable to this day. Yeah. But it stood the test of time because that was the only way that he could have actually like mass shared his information. Yeah. Whereas the majority of time, I probably say nine times out of ten nowadays, when a book is released, it's to be able to make money from or become more famous or yeah. because they're just trying to monetize something. That's yeah. not the actual value that's in it. It's just, yeah. they're just trying to like monetize it or become more yeah, famous. for clout, whatever. For clout. I'm not yeah. even saying I never Buy would. my fucking book. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, well, what's actually like in the book? Yeah, and I'm not saying I wouldn't ever put out a book or a course or like we, we did put out a real estate course, but it's literally like what I would do if, mm-hmm. or what I have done in the, in, in the over the course of buying my first property or whatever and, uh, you know, scaling it. Um but if I were to ever put something out, it's going to be 100% real, very practical, not based on theory, mm-hmm. and it's going to be by somebody that's actually done it. Yeah. Not like some fucking guy that just sells books and theoretically picks different people as like case studies. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think it's it's really odd how people are these days and like a lot of people are just fed bullshit. Like it's like I feel like a lot of courses and seminars and all this other stuff is like it's like romance copy. That's all it is. It's it's like feel good shit. Yeah. And like this isn't like a feel like the world isn't like a feel good shit kind of mm. situation. Mm-hmm. It's fucking harsh. Yeah. And I don't think that it's 
realistic what's being put out there in the world. Hey, just like, just like, you know, tell the universe like what you want and it'll like appear. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, seriously, what are you even talking about? I, I had, I had a comment on like, I get the concept, but mm-hmm. like, but like, okay, okay. I want this. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Right? Like there's steps involved to like get what you want. You can't just like want something and then be like, okay, I'm just going to like wait for it to appear. Yeah. Like there was this one girl that was like, just people have a fucked up disconnect to how the real world works. I, I made a comment about like how the world is like a fucking savage place or like, I, not, not even that, uh, on, on a comment on Grant Cardone's fucking Twitter page about like something about fear or whatever like that. Right. And I was like, this girl posted like, oh, like you can get rid of, you can get rid of fear and you can just do this and that. And I'm like, no, you'll never get rid of fear. Fear is, fear is an emotion that every single human experiences, even like the most hardened people, like Navy SEAL, like you name it, doesn't fucking matter. There, you're not going to tell me there's not one person on earth that does not experience fear at some level in some situation. You're not going to fucking tell me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does she say? Oh, you should just like, if you meditate and you do like, you know, yoga and stuff, I'm like, are you fucking, this is a prime example of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what are you, oh, you can get rid of it if you just like do yoga and meditate. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, like a mindset. No bitch. It's, it's like, if you're looking at a fucking, like if you're standing there in the fucking woods and like, there's like this fucking bear, like that just like runs out of a bush, like what the fuck? You're, you're not you gonna, gonna just go into gonna, a fucking meditation. You're gonna drop down in a fucking yoga position, or like, or like, you know, somebody breaks in your house and puts a gun down your fucking throat. You're, what are you gonna do? You're not gonna be scared. Like, what are you even fucking talking about? You know, mm-hmm. like, obviously she's never been put in a position. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, obviously you've never been put in a position that's required you to have that fear response. It's actually like really helpful mm-hmm. to have that kind of response. And the whole point of Grant Cardone, it was a Grant Cardone tweet saying that like, if you're not scaring yourself, you're not making big enough moves. And I actually agree with that mm. because fear, I, I, I feel like I do have a big fear of failure. Fear will push you past obstacles much more efficient than mm-hmm. I feel any other type of emotion. It will fucking scare you into doing things. And I think that if that's funneled correctly, it's highly advantageous to use that emotion to your advantage. Mm -hmm. Not fucking doing yoga to not have it. That doesn't fucking like get the fuck out of here with that. 